Welcome to episode 48 of the False Neutral, part of the Hooniverse Podcast Network. I'm Pete. Eric from RumbleStrip.net is here, and Garrett from Garrett's Daddy Daycare is here. (laughs) (laughs) How is your new child? Oh, he's good. He um, was sleeping spectacularly well for the first two or three weeks, but his, uh, I don't know. I think he's kind of regressed a little bit in those sleeping patterns, but all in all, he's doing just fine. Things are going well. It's a lot easier when you already have one, one kid. So, yeah. Uh, and Eric, I saw that you uh, posted your magic Mustang on uh, Facebook today for yep, sale. I'm I'm going to end up putting it on Craigslist eventually, but I posted it in on my page and in a few groups for sale. Um, I tried to sell it late last fall, but it was too late in the season. But, uh, yeah, hoping to sell it, take that money, get rid of some other bills, free up a bunch of cash flow so that I can actually have a new project going forward, or at least free cash flow anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised uh, that uh, – isn't – is Cameron the one that's into Mustangs? No, who – yeah, who has Yeah, the he's got the, he's got the, the, what, the Mystic uh, paint job Mustang. Yep. Yeah. Um, is yours that same color, Eric? No, no? mine is mine is a um, it's I I want to say it's like dark forest green or something. Is oh, the okay. is the paint color on mine? Yeah. Um, I have a friend here that's really into Mustangs, and I know that he would absolutely love to have yours if it were a couple thousand miles closer. <laughs> well, only costs like seven hundred bucks to ship it. I I know he had a um. I, I don't know much about Mustangs, but the I guess like the 2005-ish, 2006 body style Cobra supercharged. And he sold that and got a Fox body, uh, a Notch Mustang. And it has a supercharged 5 liter in it that he had built. Um, and, you know, it's one of those. He'll have it for probably a year, maybe even less, sell it and then buy something else because that's what he does. But, yeah, I know he would absolutely love to have yours. Yeah, I'm happy to make a deal with him. I'll send it his way. All right. We can work always work something out. Yeah. And uh, we are having an anniversary of sorts. It is almost exactly one year since our first episode. Is that right? Really? Yeah, it was like the 26th of February, something like that, that we recorded it, and it came out uh, shortly after that. I can actually go out on Shout Engine and look it up and see. Mm. I, uh, I was telling Garrett um, before we started, and you were helping your wife, um, it's been unseasonably warm. It was unseasonably warm. It kind of still is over the weekend. Um, and so I was trying to find different excuses to stay outside and do stuff after I'd got some yard work done. And I'm like, well, you know, you got those points last year for the, for the XS 400. Why don't you stick those in the bike and make sure the timing's correct and let's get this thing rolling so we can, you know, ride it a little bit this year. And, uh, so I'm going, I I knew I had taken them outside and put them in the garage at some point. And I looked in the three or four places I would normally put them. And of course they weren't there. So I spent the next 90 minutes kind of rather than reorganizing the garage correctly, I just simply picked things up, looked, no, it's not there, put it back, move things around. So 
uh, turns out I didn't find them and <laughs> then uh, had proceeded to reorder a new set off of eBay. And um, luckily, I found the person on eBay I had bought it from because they were like 18 bucks for them off from him versus other people who were asking for like, you know, genuine Yamaha ones for like 50 and 60 bucks. I'm like, yeah, no. I don't remember yes. being that expensive. And I came across this stuff. I'm like, yeah, 18 bucks. That sounds like something I'd spend on on those things. Just don't lose the new ones. No, no. I'm going to uh, tape them to the bike. <laughs> yeah. well, you you uh, moved at some point in this whole process, right? No, no. I had, I had ordered the points once we had been in this house. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they had been sitting on the, sort of like the kitchen counter in a spot that kind of stuff accumulates for a while. And I finally said well, why don't you put this in the garage? Cause that's where they belong and you're going to need them. And they weren't in my toolbox. They weren't on the shelf. I tend to keep parts on. They weren't on the bike or around the bike and they weren't in this other set of drawers that I tend to keep stuff in. So I'm like, okay. But if you manage to put 5,000 miles on that motorcycle and need to replace the points. And if you find the original set that you had, you'll have them to replace. This is true. But something tells me you're probably not going to put 5,000 miles on that bike. Any, and any, Reasonable amount of time. <laughs> no, no, probably not. Hopefully it doesn't wind up like the TX750 and you just put like 50 to 60 miles on it a year after working on it for 60 to 70 hours in that year. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll ride it some. Although like I I was thinking about, OK, well, what would I want to buy for like another bike that I'd want to ride more frequently? Like keep it as kind of like a cool retro bike that you ride around once in a while, you know, your classic classic bike or whatever and i'm i've always gone to the reverted to the tawano um especially because you can get the new v the you know, v4 this current series a couple years old for you know eight to ten grand which isn't yeah. unreasonable yep and then all the videos come out this in the past week on the new uh street triple rs and i'm like damn you <laughs> damn yeah. you because it's it's like perfect it is exactly perfect it's not you know, like that one's like 120 horsepower and probably like 425 pounds full of fuel fluids and yeah. like modern electronics. And it looks all right. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there is a dealership uh, here in Portland. They've got a 2016 Tuano 1100 RR brand new on the showroom floor. $1,199. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Very tempting. MSRP so, on its fourteen eight. Yep. So. Um, sp- speaking of which, um, next week I'm ne- probably not going to be able to be on the show, which I told Pete before we started recording. Um, but I'm going to be down in Austin for work for a Toyota CHR um, press intro. Um, but since I'm in Austin, I'm going to do my best to make a pilgrimage up to uh, AF1 Racing Aprilia and go check out their place, which is – uh, in the terms of our current administration, huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, bigly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's bigly. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it's about 15 or tw- it's about 20, 15, 20 minutes. I think when I looked on Google Maps up the up I-35 from where I'm where the hotel they have a staying at is. So I'm going to have a little free time the day I get there and the day I leave. So I'm going to try and figure out how to make it up there and check out that place. Yeah. See if you can ride a Tuano around a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. February 26th of last year, which is, as we're recording this, it's Wednesday, February 22nd. So it has been just uh, 
just a year. We're right in between a year from when we recorded and when it went live. Didn't start cataloging the first 10 episodes, so I can't tell you exact date of when we recorded it, but it was somewhere in there. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Yes, it is fairly amazing. Just just for giggles, because I have them, um, and I pulled them off. I got tired of paying for hosting uh, with the old place I host all my podcast stuff. And since Shout Engine is very uh, price-friendly, as in free, Get your own damn, get your own damn podcast. Um, I'm thinking of uploading all the 99 episodes of Rumble Strip Radio and the 26 or 28 uh, shows of um, Low Fast Racing up on Shout Engine. And even though they're all from like 2007 to 2010, it might be fun just to throw them up there and like just go back and listen to them. A to how bad they are, and B just <laughs> you know, point points in time. Well, yeah. if, if you go out onto iTunes and you look at our rating, there are some that are rated ahead of us that are, that are higher rated in whatever weird algorithm they use to figure out what the ratings is in the automotive category. There's like one that's like a Southern California BMW riders podcast that I think, I, I hasn't been updated for like four and a half years. They haven't had, and it's still rated higher than we are. So I haven't quite figured <laughs> that out, but, uh, yeah. uh, what well, I know one of the ones in automotive is, um, is the click and clack ones. And, and the reason that's always number one is because they were on the air for like 30 years and they just keep uploading, you know, new shows that <clears throat> they haven't got to yet. So, yeah. You yeah, know, that, that'll and, be number one forever, even though that they have, you know, one guy's dead and, you know, they haven't done a show in 10 years or whatever. So, yeah, I, I've listened to their show, Car Talk, I mean, for years. And I swear, every Saturday when I turn it on, it's an episode that I've never heard before. <laughs> it's just I I don't even know. I mean, they must have just a huge backlog or like you said, they just have so many of them that they. Aram differently. I, I think some I've heard they have, there were over 2000 episodes. Yeah. Good God. Yep. So that's nice though. Cause I really liked their show. <laughs> so every Saturday, it's a new one for me. Well, speaking of things online earlier today, I went ahead and just sent you guys what amounts to all of my websites that I frequent including things on Facebook and things like that. And it's amazing looking through this, how things have changed just in the last couple of years that uh, it, we've gone from everything being on forums to almost everything being on Facebook now. It's kind of yeah. remarkable. Right. Um, that is true. I was looking over this list that you had, and there are a ton of websites on here. And... I mean, it wasn't that long ago that you really had, well, it wasn't even that long ago that everything was just in a magazine and there weren't really a, a lot of websites. And then, you know, they started what the magazine started websites and they had a lot of online content. And now I feel like things are shifting such that you follow a page on Twitter or Facebook and then you just get links to articles every day and you never actually visit, like go to the site and see what's on the front page. It's really kind of changed a whole lot in the past 10 years. Yeah, it's really interesting how many different ways there are to now get to the same content. 
Um, yeah. One example is uh, welding tips and tricks is not specifically motorcycle related, but it's, you know, it's it's a, a garage oriented uh, website. You can go to their website. You can go to their YouTube channel and watch their videos. You can go to Facebook and everything that's on their uh, YouTube channel will show up on their Facebook feed. And it's amazing how everything overlaps. I know at work, everything that we put out on our Facebook feed also goes to our Twitter feed, also goes to... We send out email blasts with our press releases to every, it, it's like everything has to get disseminated in like eight different ways. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing what? is probably 80% of those people are at least two or three of those different ways available to them. Yeah. Do you have, uh, some sites or, uh, some, forms of information that you use most often because i mean that's a huge list i can't imagine that you check all of your (laughs) (laughs) all of your sites every day um but do you have like one or two that you go to you know pretty regularly i probably go to adv rider more than anything i check that pretty much every day because that's become a whole lot more than just uh you know an adventure bmw gs focused website and it's huge and there are so many people on it and there's so much content being put up all the time that you know uh they have a very active thread on revolvers so you know it's like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can go there and talk about just about anything that i'm interested in somebody has posted something new in the past 24 hours so i go there quite a bit uh uh Last episode, Mark talked about the fact that uh, Bike EXIF posted uh, a really nice long feature about Alpha on their website. I check that and pipe burn about once a week. Sometimes it makes my blood boil, and yeah. sometimes it's really cool, and most of the time it's somewhere in between. Uh, yeah, some of their stuff is is hipster garbage that just just offensively non-functional and some of it's really, really cool. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I do read cycle news every week. I've been, you know, ever since I was, a uh, a, a wee parts lizard, uh, always read cycle news when it was in print and then it went out of print and they came back as digital only. And you can get it. What's really neat is, is if you subscribe to their email, they will send you an email link every week to their flip book, which is their electronic copy that you read for free. So there's no, uh, subscription fee, but it's a little bit more formal reading than, uh, just a website with links to it. You know, you don't have pop-up ads and stuff like that. It's, it, it's actually yeah. a, an electronic magazine format, which I really like. So I read that every week. Uh, there's a lot of, um, being kind of somewhat in the industry. I read, uh, Power Sports Business, which is yeah. another electronic magazine. I also get it in print every week, but I hardly ever sit down and look at the print version. Yeah. Yeah. In the same way, I, I have a hard time nowadays, uh, sitting down and reading a magazine. Um, 
I feel like everything is just kind of sped up where you just want to read a quick article that interests you and not really have to search for it. And that's what I love about Twitter and Facebook is it just kind of pops up. But um, about the only thing that I visit regularly is uh, motorcyclist online, uh, the motorcyclist uh, webpage. And then also they do on YouTube MC commutes. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys have ever watched that with Zach Quartz yep. and um, both Zach Quartz and Ari Henning. I really like them and their personalities. And and Ari does a YouTube, um, I think it's MC Garage yep. every week, uh, which is kind of cool. And then also Zach Quartz does MC Commute where he just rides a different motorcycle to work. And I love it because it's short. Um, they're not obnoxious. They're, you know, really pleasant sounding. And uh, they just tell you exactly what they like about a motorcycle, what they don't like. And it's only, you know, five to eight minutes long, sometimes 12 or 15. But uh, I try to watch those every time they come out um, just because they're short and they're interesting and they're always good. Yeah, I, uh, sorry, I just pulled up. I have a <clears throat> uh, in my bookmarks here i I, these are four that i look at pretty much every morning um is roadracingworld.com cyclenews.com motorcycle.com and then the uh, af1 racing forums um and as i was looking at that and thinking about it i I was sort of laughing because uh in the i think it was 1995 was sort of when i found uh well it was kind of rare to have internet at work and we had a like one computer with dial-up modem and i'd always come in early and like, i think it was like wednesdays was the day that both motorcycle uh dot com and cycle news um uploaded stuff right like yeah. it was once a week they uploaded stuff so you could right. read it then and now if some you know you don't see stuff uploaded five times a day you're like what what what's going on yeah. why are you guys so slow today yeah. you know and and the amount of content that gets put up and then um so that that's what I definitely look at that, and then um, trying to look. The other ones I'll look at are um, Moto Matters, um, Ride Apart occasionally, um, Asphalt and Rubber, and I used to look. I used to look at FTW, I sort of, but that's eh, got um, Sideburn. I used to I used to do, but I haven't. I mean, I still have them on an RSS feed, but I really haven't looked at anything there in a hundred years. And anything else? Sorry, I'm searching through my RSS reader now just to see what I've got in here Um, as far as that. And then YouTube channels. uh, Oh, I closed it. That was brilliant. So um, 44 Teeth. um, I like those guys and Baron Von Grumble. Yeah, you take them or leave them sometimes. Sometimes he he gets obnoxious about stuff, but most of the time he's entertaining. Um, MCN. Um, at least a motorcycle, um, uh, motorcycle, motorcyclist, sorry, couldn't remember that. Um, motorcycle.com has their own YouTube channel. Uh, obviously Cager, watch his stuff. And then, um, chase on two wheels. Like sometimes I can watch his stuff and other times I can't click off it fast enough. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to, I don't, go ahead. Go ahead, Pete. I was going to say I don't subscribe to it, but I check it every once in a while. Is races to places? Uh, I I don't know why I've never bothered to subscribe to it on YouTube, but uh, uh, that's a that's a really really well done series. 
Yeah. Have you guys ever, uh, at least it's automotive, seen the Petrolicious videos that they do? Mm -hmm. You know how they're like really cinematic and it's just a story about a car? Um, I don't know if there's anything like that motorcycle specific, but if there was, I would love it. Do you know of anything like that? Uh, Sorry, uh, Jamie, not quite like that, but uh, Moto Geo. Sorry, that's another one I do. Uh, Jamie Robinson. Uh, yeah. used to do stuff with uh, Ride Apart before it got bought out and just became a, well, I won't speak yeah, badly of it. But um, anyways, he it's not quite to that level, but he's done some stuff that's pretty close. Yeah, and I think perhaps they've had some motorcycle features on there, um, but not many. Th- there are some that are, are just artsy-fartsy, affected and deliberately overly dramatic and it's like some guy who's got you know a <laughs> yeah some honda 200 and he's talking about how you know the raw beast and you know controlling the speed right. is and it's like it's like oh just shut up yeah you got a piece of crap and you know they always have someone in a dark garage at some point with a grinder making sparks it's like right <laughs> you know it's like oh please stop it um i think there, there's one series like that that's called uh stories of the bike or bike stories or something like that uh yeah just a little too dramatic stories of bike if if you if you want to just just cringe so avoid stories of bike no go see it but don't take it seriously don't think this is what you know the people that i complained about at the bobber introduction Yes. Mm-hmm. Those people love stories of bike. Yeah. So, you know, this reminds me, um, Eric, a couple weeks back, you sent a link to the the motorcycle show, the one moto show here in Portland. You know, Portland is being like the hip hipster oh, central yeah. of yeah, yeah. the universe. Well, there is a motorcycle show here in Portland called the one moto show. And it is. It's a big the deal. Epitome. It is a big deal. And it's a it's a good show. It's a big show. Um, but it's also like the most hipster thing in the world. And there's some really interesting motorcycles there, but there's also just a lot of, I guess, just like motorcycles that are just a little too hipstery, right? Like, I'm pretty sure that they serve PBR and champagne glasses there. <laughs> and everybody's wearing a flannel and everybody's motorcycle is the most artistic expression of their inner self. And so I can you you can smell the beard oil. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. You can smell the beard oil. You can smell all of the Subaru Foresters parked within a mile of the place Um, because they don't actually want to ride their motorcycles to the show. No. And so I decided like my friends and I were going to go and I decided hours before going to the show that I just wasn't going to do it. I couldn't. It's just gotten too bad. It was a really neat show, and it's still it still is worth going. But you have to stand in line with a ton of Portlanders and go look at motorcycles that are just way too artistic. Um, I, whatever you said just reminded me of that. So I decided not to go that that uh, this year. I was going to go take pictures for the podcast, show it off, but it wasn't going to happen. Not this year. There's uh, I put uh, I put this the name of this one YouTube channel. And I really, the reason I'm putting it in here is I, I forget why or how, I mean, it was just like suggested videos or whatever that come up when you open up YouTube and I'm like, all right, 
this name is so goofy. I got to do it. And he, and he, and the guy, it has sort of like a Ron Jeremy look to him. <laughs> um, he's a Greek guy. His English is passable, but, and, and his production value is incredibly low, which is part of the appeal because he's so brutally honest. You just can't help but laugh. And, um, I remember it's probably been a couple of years ago. I sent a link to, um, I think to Chris Johnham, who at the time, I think it was right before Road Racer X closed up or maybe it was just after. I'm like, how does this guy not have a job in the industry? And like a few people inside baseball kind of people are just like, holy shit, that's the funniest thing. I'm oh, sorry, Pete. Uh, that's the funniest thing I've seen in, in a long time. And, and you know, and, and that's sort of the appeal of it. And yeah, like all of his videos get like anywhere between like two and 10,000 views. So I'm like, oh, OK. But do yourself a favor and just click through a couple. Most of them are, aren't more than about eight, ten minutes. They're they're a riot. I feel like the S word's okay because according to iTunes, we're explicit. So <laughs> well, yeah, we're the damage is done now. So <laughs> yeah, you know, so, uh, a newer site that I really enjoy and I check more and more is Bike Curious, and that is Bike Hyphen Urious. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear on that. If you type any other derivation of that, I am not responsible for what you see. <laughs> but that is a very cool site. It's kind of uh bring a trailer for bikes, which they they oh. they tried to do their I think it was called Throttle Yard. They were actually did a motorcycle version of Bring a Trailer and it fizzled and about that time Bike Curious came along and uh, oh, that's what it is. It's all things that are on auction, and they have some other stuff as well. It's mostly auction bikes they're telling you about, but every once in a while they have a different feature and stuff. My version of Bring a Trailer for Bikes is um, RearSportBikesForSale.com. And Classic Sport Bikes for Sale, which is their sister that doesn't get updated as often, but has also has good stuff. Like For example, there is a beautiful first one that shows up right now. Um, Red, white, and blue, 89 and Honda CBR 600 Hurricane. Well, I guess that's a, yeah, that would be, that was the Hurricane or the year after they quit calling it the Hurricane. But like that first Hurricane body style and the beautiful classic Honda racing colors. Um, yeah, but look at the bike below that. The 94 Yamaha YZF. Oh, that is, again, that is. <laughs> that's pure sex. <laughs> that That's pure early 90s right there. Yeah. I dig that. <laughs> oh, wow. That's. Uh... Yeah. Oh, and right purple, the, the purple, purple was a thing in the early 90s. Yeah. Well, it was the purple and the teal and the neon yellow and neon pink. And this just has all of it. <laughs> it does. Yeah. All right, Pete. So the bike below that one would appeal to you more. Oh, an '83 yeah. Moto Guzzi Le Mans three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that actually is really nice looking. Yes, it, it is. is. Or the Ducati below that. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, we just went down a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and below oh, that, so or the Aprilia, or for that. <laughs> that's that's a bit of a rare. That's a bit of a rare model, actually. They only made. They only brought like three or five hundred into the U.S. Yeah, of that particular thing. special good, edition paint scheme. Good thing that's the end of the page. I shouldn't <laughs> click show more posts, but I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. 97 Katana 750 with 1,300 ah. miles. Yeah. Ah, no. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, this was still uh, cool. 77 Suzuki RG500 is uh, kind of similar. Well, the big brother to my 
uh, Rebel 350. My Rebel being older and non-faringed and less cool. <laughs> uh, I just looked at classic sport bikes for sale, and the last post they have up is from August 2016. It looks like it... Yeah, they were going good through May, June, July, and then I'm I'm thinking this may have fizzled. Yeah. So. Well, also there maybe it's always been like this. Their, their web page seems like it was a pretty low budget operation, so you know it, it doesn't look as quite as nice as uh, some of the others. So maybe they weren't working on a lot of capital. Well, I was surprised that was it motorcycle online. That uh, uh, folded up here just in the last oh. couple of months. Uh, Motorcycle USA. Motorcycle yeah. USA. That's and, what it was. And that was like, that was probably nine months ago, six months. Yeah, it's yeah. been about uh, six, nine months. They uh, they got they actually got bought out by the same people who own Cycle News. Okay. Oh, really? I did not know yeah. that. That that yep. explains it. And it was interesting because I was around when they got started, and when I was running RumbleStrip.net as a motorcycle site. They were some good people, and and they're they had the right idea in that they were more about selling apparel and parts, and then using the news and the blog and the racing to kind of link back to, and then use that to leverage their sales stuff. They had some capital behind them to get started, so I was like, oh, it's a brilliant idea, and I tried that and failed miserably because I was severely undercapitalized. So, but I always thought that was like a great. Great business model. I think I th- I think that's why it surprised me so much because they seem to be so much better monetized than a lot of the other competition that they were up against for people's eyeballs. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you never know. I mean, it all depends on how it was run, and then given how the downturn that we've had in bike sales since '08, and it really even now as the economy's gotten better in the last. Really, you know, I, I don't want to call it strong, but much better in the last 12 to 18 months. Bike sales are still incredibly low, um, which is a bit surprising. Um, but yeah, maybe there just wasn't enough money coming in to, from advertising on the website plus sales of parts and stuff to, to keep it up and up and afloat. And that concludes part one of our discussion of motorcycle websites and motorcycling on the web. Tune in again next week for part two of this discussion. In the meantime, visit Hooniverse.com and visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The False Neutral. We'll see you next week.